just to give you a little insight on how my mind works, it's kind of a dangerous little place up there sometimes, but um, as soon as I hear something, I go out, you know, I just really go after it. So Miss, Miss Peggy was talking about word, and so I looked up what word in the English language has the most meanings, and I found out that the word set has about 500 meanings. The word run has a little over 300 meanings, and the word go has about 300 meanings. So about 1,000 meanings in those little words, set, run, go. And so I was thinking about that, and, it, and as Pastor Minor was talking about wiggling his ears, I, I remembered a study done at Stanford years ago where they proved that everyone in the world could wiggle their ears. If you're anything like me, you sat there like this. And if you went in the mirror and did that, you find that, that you look pretty funny. Well, what they did was hooked up some electrodes to the muscles that moved, that wiggled the ears, and they just kept hitting them and hitting them and hitting them until pathways were created, and then light bulb, once your brain recognized, built the pathway to that muscle, you couldn't unforget it, and everyone certainly could wiggle their ears. Well, I don't know. Did someone, <laughs> someone got you in your sleep? They probably... used to put us in a, in a circle mm -hmm. and to tell us to wiggle our ears. Yeah. It might be. It's a gift. You're gifted. You can wiggle your ears. Yeah. So, uh, so a dear friend told me, you know, whatever you're planning on talking about tonight, cut it in half and then cut it in half again. So I, I just want, and I, <laughs> I want to tell you because when I start thinking about sharing the word, um, I'm so excited about it. And when I, like my brain just did here in five minutes, think of me with this thing here for any length of time. And then I have the blue letter Bible and all kinds of apps here to get the Greek and the Hebrew and all the, and before you know it, I'm gone. I'm just boop, boop. And so in 10 minutes, I had about 50 scripture. That's about half the Bible written down for tonight. And, and, uh, and so I got that call and I was like, that's good, that's good. So now I got three scripture. I cut it in half, I cut it in half again. I promise you I'm gonna get you out of here though in a timely manner, eight, 8.15, is that okay? I promise you that. The reason I do that is because um, the word enthusiasm means God in you. I love that God's in me. I love, I can't get enough. I can't get enough of this. Every time I, I talk to people or I, I look at a scripture, my mind goes crazy. I ask God for revelation and I go on a journey that is exciting. I love to talk to people about it. I love to meditate on it. And, and I just, just want to give you a little insight into cuckoo, what goes on here, just so you know. Is that all right? You guys kind of see what's going on right there? We're going to dine for victory tonight. Who likes eating? I do. I love eating. I talk about food almost as much as I talk about scripture. Um, real quick, before I, I do want to say this. In the beginning of Joshua, God said something really powerful uh, in the first verse. And he said, <clears throat> Moses is dead. He told Joshua. You know, a lot of times I think to go into the promises that God has for us, we've been depending on some great things and great people, great ideas, all these things. And, and God made it clear. He said, listen, you're up to bat. It's you that's going to bring him into the promise. Moses 
is dead. We love Moses. And I'm not, not I, I'm just saying some of us in 2019 need to know we're Joshua at the plate to go in. God's expecting home runs. He's expecting us to walk into that promised land. And whatever it was we thought or hoped or believed was going to take us into those promises that God has for your life for 2019, God's looking right at you right now and say, it's your time. That is gone. It's up to you. And I just think someone, someone needs to hear that tonight. And I just want to share that. Go to Luke 22, 14. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll this out a little bit. I may have talked about this in the past, and I don't know. Um, I, I just know that I really, really feast on this. You know, when I when I've talked in the past, and, and I gotta let you know that I speak in the jails two times a week. I go to the Salvation Army, I speak here sometimes, and so oftentimes I can't remember what I've shared or who I've shared it with. So I just want to let you know that last week we talked about that, those those uh, nations, those greater nations that, and the first one was the Hivites, and that represented discouragement and fear. And, and discouragement always promotes and is a catalyst of fear. Anytime your courage starts getting chipped away, anytime we start to get discouraged, fear is the next thing to come in. And once that happens, it's game over. And so I just want to just reiterate, like I did last week, the four keys, and a couple of them I'm going to hit on tonight really hard. And the one is from a child to a son, maturing, growing up. You guys remember that last week? The other is external to internal. We're going to have to look at the internal God to get the revelation and to see what's happening in this scripture so often. Sometimes, just like that word set, run, and go, we hear a hundred meanings, but it doesn't mean what it's supposed to to us. And so it's really important that we start to look at these things with some keys because the Bible says if you seek... If you knock, this is for these revelations and the mysteries that God has for us have been concealed for us, for the ones that are willing to seek and to knock and to find. For those that aren't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It just sounds to like the 3,000 when Jesus said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. They just were offended and left. That's all they could do. And so I want to just, I want to encourage everyone to really look into the keys as we start to peer into some of this scripture. You know, Jesus said three times in the first couple chapters, repent for the kingdom is at hand. And I just want to say that in the past, I've, I've just saddled repent with sin and a sin consciousness way too much. And I, and I always thought that it was connected directly to sin all the time. But Jesus said, repent for the kingdom is at hand. We see the word repent oftentimes. That's one of those words that if we connect it, if we, if we misunderstand it, if we don't grasp the meaning sometimes, and Pastor Dan has spoke really well on repentance. And he's told, he shared it, the, the word metanoia. And he says, listen, this is about a change of mind. So Jesus said, repent about the kingdom. And I want you to know that it's not an outside kingdom he wants them to think about. He's saying, you need to change your thinking because there's a kingdom that I'm talking about that you need to understand. And that kingdom is going from here and there to your midst, to within you. You guys follow me? Is that all right? 
So in Luke 22, I'm just going to go here and we're going to go back and forth between here and Revelation. He says, when the hour had come, he had reclined at the table and the apostles with them. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So I just want to paint this picture. He earnestly desires this. He said, he made it a point to say, I've been waiting for this. Okay, this is the third one that we've had, but this one's special. And, and it's not going to happen again like you think it's going to happen. We will dine some more. We will eat again. But if you're looking to eat like this in the natural here and there, that's not going to happen. Okay, you follow me? Go to the next scripture. Amen. There you go. Luke 22. So we go a little further down, and, and, and there arose a lot also. This is at, the, this is at the, the dinner, and so this is like most of our dinners. You know, there arose among us some stuff. You know, they were no different than us, just to let you know. They had Jesus. It was a big time. He was like, I can't wait for this. This is going to be great. And then, you know, stuff happens, just like it does at the dinner table. And there arose also a dispute among them as to which one of them would be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not this way with you. The one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like the servant. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. Let me just paint this picture. So what he's saying is he's going back to the table, right? He's going back, and Jesus is good like that. He's saying, look, you know, in the natural world, in the regular world, the one that goes in and sits down, orders the food, and the servants bring it, he's the greater of the two. He's the greater. The one bringing the food is not the greatest. But he said, it's not that way with us. It's going to be a little different because I'm the one that's the greatest, yet I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. So go to the next scripture. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, I'm not going to get into this. I want you to know, though, there's so much here. I want, I want you to know these 12 tribes have such significance as it, as it relates to um, a child to a son. In fact, the first tribe, the first name of the 12, I'll just give you one in 12. The first one is what? Reuben, right? Reuben. And do anyone know what Reuben means in Hebrew? Behold, a son. Behold. The last one is Benjamin. Benjamin. Anyone have any understanding of what Benjamin means in Hebrew? Ah. Benjamin means a son at the right of the father. So we go from behold, a little one, to a son at the right of the father. This is kingdom talk for someone that rules with authority that is inherited. This is going from behold to 
I am in my inheritance. I am who I was created to be at the right of my father, exactly where I'm supposed to be. And in between that, and we'll get into that, and that's, those are good sermons, and we'll talk about that. In between those are 10 other ones that are really, really important. So I don't, I'm not going to get into that. But what I do want to talk about is that, that we may eat and drink at Jesus's table in his kingdom, and we will sit on thrones. With that in mind, I'm going to shoot over to Revelation. And I want to talk to you about that. And we're going to go back and forth, and we're going to compare a couple things, and then I'm going to get you out of here. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Let me turn there in mind because I have it written all out. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I and will dine with him and he with me. So so where's the door? The heart? Good. Right? And the knock. What's the knock? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears, so the knock is the voice, right? So we have the door, that's our heart. The knock is the voice. You guys following me? For those that hear the voice, he says, I will come into you. I will come into you. And what? Dine, let's shout on. He said, let's shout, let's let's do this. I've desired earnestly to do this, and this is going to be the last time until something else changes. One of the keys I talked about is Paul talks about in Corinthians is first the natural, then the spiritual. So Jesus was talking to them at that dinner when they were kind of bickering first about the natural, but he was describing something else that was going to happen. So he says, I'm going to come in and I will dine with him and him with me. And then we have this one statement, he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So, so let's follow this through. The, the knock is the voice. If we hear the voice, we get to dine. We get to sit down and eat and dine with Jesus. And if we dine with Jesus, we overcome. And as part of overcoming we get a throne. Are you guys following me? Is this making sense to you guys here? Answer me up back there in the back. Is that all right? Good. Go to the next scripture. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Now I'm going to tell you next time I talk, we're going to talk about this overcoming of temptation and evil that Jesus did in the natural first before we see it here. But I want to let you know that there's an there's a there's a knock that's happening and it happens all the time for us and there's an opportunity at the voice of God to open a door. And when that door opens, if we will hear that voice, he will come in with us. He will come in and dine with And if we'll sit down with him, and again, what did I, did I read that scripture in, in Luke? It's not this way among us that the servant, in this case, is the one serving. Jesus said, 
The way it is in the world, the greater one is the one that sits. Not so the way we live. The way we live, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to minister to you. You're going to sit. I'm going to come into your heart, sit, and I'm going to feed you me. I'm the bread of life. You no longer live by bread, but by every word. I'm going to dine with you. And the new way is that we are going to eat, but I'm going to serve you. I'm going to minister to you. And when you let me minister to you, then you will overcome and I'm going to give you a throne. You are going to rule as a son to the right of the father. I'm in you, you're in me, we're in our father. Just like I had to overcome, I had to hear the voice of my father. I had to dine with him. I had to overcome and he gave me a throne. Just like that happened with me, this is how it happens with us. I'm first fruit. You guys follow me? I know some of you guys, probably a little too much Bible. I, I, just, I just want to let you know that that new creation, this is the flow of new creation. He is first fruit. And this is how this all works. First him, first Jesus. And so he overcame everything and conquered every enemy, the last one being death. And now it's on us. And the way we do that is what? We hear his voice. We listen. He comes in. That means we spend time. We spend time with him for him to minister to us. See, when I minister to myself, I usually fall through, follow up with the things that have never worked really well for me. I usually get angry. I usually get bitter. I'll get resentful. Whatever it is that I need to really overcome, to have authority, to, to be at the right of the Father, to be in my position to be in my position. That's your position to inherit everything that God has for you, all the promises. That is your rightful position. But that only happens if we mature, because Paul talks about it in Galatians 4, right? Even though he's an heir to all, he thinks he's a child. He's just like a slave. We talked about that a little bit. It's your position to be a son to the right, inheriting all things. And that happens this way. So go to Revelations 4.1 and let's see what happens next. Now you got to know that the Bible didn't have 4.1 and 3.20 and 3.22. And when these letters were all written and oftentimes I wish we could just get rid of them. I really do. Oftentimes they get right in the middle of things and then they shape context and sometimes they'll twist some things. So I just need you to really, really depend on the Holy Spirit in you to reveal some of these things. But right after we overcome, right after we get a throne with him and we get to rule in the heart in God's kingdom, that's us, right? Because that's where the kingdom is. Right after all this happens, then we see this. After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open. The word standing's in italics there in the NASB. Anyone know what italics means? It means it's not there. So uh, it means it's really in the original text. It's not there, right? 
It's not. So that word standing, it goes like this. After these things, I looked and behold, a door open in heaven. So let's follow this through. The door opens when the person hears the voice, right? Are you guys following me on this? We hear the voice and he comes into us. We dine with him and we overcome whatever that is. And as we overcome, we're given our position, our authority. The throne is kingdom talk and always speaks of kingdom rule. Every kingdom back in these days had a throne and the throne was always the seat of authority where rule was governed from. Just so you know, when you see the word throne, you see some of these words, this is really, really important because it is kingdom talk from this time. So after these things, I saw a door open in heaven and the first voice which I had heard like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. <clears throat> now I'm going to, I'm going to kind of finish with this right here. Um, this gets so good right here because after we overcome and we take our position, then a lot of things happen in Revelations chapter 4 all the way through 22. A lot of things have to happen for, and that's the revealing of Christ in us. But to get there, we have to first just master the art of feasting with our king and with our Lord. We have to, to become overcomers. What did I say last week in, in, in uh, Leviticus 2? That the seven nations occupying the promises that God has for you, God said, are greater than you and stronger than you. And I alone will deliver them to you. First, the Hivites, then we went through all the ites, right? All seven of them, and they all related to something. And I was talking about the Hivites being discouragement and fear, but they're greater than you. If we don't master the art of letting him serve and minister to us through his voice in our heart, we'll never take our rightful place as the, at the right of the Father, as a throne. Do you guys follow me there? Yeah. So I just want to encourage you to, to, to feast with God, and that's not a real hard thing to do. People may hear tonight, and I'm talking in the spirit. I'm not talking in the natural. You need to have spirit eyes to see and ears to hear some of this so that you can gain ground and overcome some of the very things, maybe in 2018, that have kept you back. And it could be jealousy, anger, drugs, sex, rock and roll, whatever that is, whatever those nations are that are great and mightier than you, if you keep going at them with a brute force attack mode on your own, you're going to keep getting knocked down. You're going to keep getting frustrated. But if you get frustrated, but if you'll follow this and you'll, if you really want to overcome and you'll follow this plan, Jesus said, hear my voice when I knock. So the next time you want to just yell at that person, maybe you heard something that said, man, don't say anything. Hear it open the door and allow him to come in, dine with him, let him minister to you, not you to him, let him minister to you so that you can overcome and be given the throne of overcoming and victory for that. Does that make sense? You guys see that?